You're welcome back. This is Newsfile. It's your most authoritative news analysis platform. And here on Newsfile, we put Ghana first. Um, Little Tete says that the rapid rise in oil and therefore fuel cost is causing headaches. Prices are skyrocketing every day. What I am doing differently is to be still because this too shall pass. It is difficult, yes, but we won't steal or cheat people to be rich. God will come true for us. Um, E.L.S. Wood says, my transportation to work and back home is 12 Ghana cities. Now I use a bicycle instead. 72 Ghana cities backed a week. Mr. Winnie says, I play one is to zero is to one tactics to survive. Um, Mamara 90 says, I am beginning to practice truancy. I go to work three out of five days. I can't buy fuel continuously. Uh, who are you working for? Joe Till says, everything, I mean everything is affected from tax to e-levy. All we are hoping for is the next meal, is the next meal. Um, and then he says to us, is the next meal. Tax salaries still get electronic charges. So yeah, cheers. Um, I had an experience in the course of the week. I went to Cape Coast, to court in Cape Coast. And on my return, I stopped to buy Kenke, uh, Fanti Kenke, by the roadside. I was paying the woman, I bought, uh, you know, 30 CDs uh, worth, <laughs> or was it 40 CDs worth? And then I, I had to pay with Momo because I didn't have cash. I made a mistake and I paid 400 <laughs> instead of 40 CDs. So I moved away a bit and discovered I had overpaid. So I called and asked to for a refund. So I get a refund, then she tells me that she must make a deduction before she sends me the refund. And I told her, I got this deduction when I send that, the money. So I, I then saw the situation. If you are sending the same money back and forth, yeah. it will be exhausted without you actually spending it. E. Levy. Yeah. King Rush says, I remember that Greek minister in one of his comments said, there is excess food in our market why the abnormal increase in food prices? Why is it that some of our leaders are, talk, are taking Ghanaians for granted? And finally, uh, Shay Idrisu, is it, says, each day you wake up in Ghana, you get demoralized to move on because things are getting worse each day. Yet people have voted for, uh, we voted for uh, living luxurious, luxuriously and defending the indefensible hmm. ghana will crash at a point like they'll say in nigeria tafiakwa god forbid now let's go to the matter of the cathedral and as you know the secretariat has issued a statement clarifying some matters and making it clear to us that the state is at the forefront of the cathedral. Um, so, 
I want to begin the cathedral discussions and you know the cathedral discussions were resurrected as a result of Samuel Kujetua Blackwa asking that monies that have been paid have not been approved by parliament. As we understand now, the National Cathedral, the total cost will be 350 million US dollars. That is 2.8 billion. Um, how is it going to be funded? The finance minister in the 2019 budget, he said, Mr. Speaker, the state is facilitating this process by providing the land, the secretariat, and seed money for the preparatory phase. End quote. This will not burden the ordinary taxpayer. Then he gave the big assurance. He said, Mr. Speaker, the President is determined that the building of the National Cathedral will not put undue financial burdens on the state. He has therefore proposed a partnership between the state and the Ghanaian Christian community both at home and in the diaspora. End quote. Funds released by the finance ministry so far, seed money, 25 million United States dollars. That is 200 million Ghana cities. Mr. Kujeta Blaka has been asking questions. The project has stalled, contractors haven't been paid owners of demolished properties having been compensated among other issues. The compensation amounts of 6.5 million has still not been paid to one of the affected um, persons or entities, that is Waterstone Reality Limited. There was a, an, an entity there, Waterstone Reality. Their compensation was for 6.5 million. That has not been paid. The company has served notice on uh, the government of Ghana since the 4th of November 2021 that it will go to court. There are other developments in that regard. Dr. Kwabena Opuni Frimpong, in 2017, he is with the process. He said, our understanding of this National Cathedral. We have had a discussion. He said they had had these uh, conversations with the Minister for Chieftaincy and Religious Affairs, Kofi Jamesi. And my understanding is that it is the churches that are going to build this National Cathedral. And that's a quotation from him. He said, um, trustees must come forward on the release of the 200 million by the finance ministry. So now we know uh, the trustees working through the secretariat have issued a seven page document. Um, I read it last night. I don't know if you have the opportunity to read all of that. Let's begin the discussion with Bright Simmons. Um, he will spend uh, a bit of time to make a presentation regarding his perspective on the issues. Right. Thank you very much once again for making time to join us. I know that uh, you are constrained at this time, but you agreed to join us on this subject. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Samson, for inviting me. And with your permission, 
I will just go right into a presentation just because it helps me organize my thoughts on uh, what is a fairly elaborate subject. I think this is a very intriguing subject. And while all of us will have different views because we, we share different faiths, um, we have different politics, that the, the truth is from a policy point of view, we can make some very emphatic comments about this national uh, cathedral matter. And I mean, as far as I'm concerned, purely from a policy angle, we have to look at how has the, manage, the government managed the process. That should be forefront, even if we are supporters of the government, even if we are strong Christians and believe that the cathedral has spiritual significance that will transform our society, we still have to ask, given that the government has been very instrumental in trying to get this cathedral built, has the government done its work properly? I think we can have that kind of conversation regardless of our politics. And if we all honest, if we're all honest and decent people, nobody can dispute that what has happened is incredible in terms of the sheer confusion, the sheer confusion that has characterized this project. And understand that somebody from the Secretariat will be joining us um, to help us uh, make sense of some of the complicated, shambolic, confusionist situations that we find ourselves in as far as the National Cathedral is concerned. I'm going to try and summarize the position of the civil society group that I represent, that part of civil society that is focused on good governance and policy, good policy management in this country. And so you have to bear with me as I kind of systematically walk you through the way our thinking um, has been shaped. First of all, we have to start with a value proposition. Why is Ghana building a national cathedral? And when we look at that value proposition, we have to situate it in context. And the first context is that if you wanted things that Ghana doesn't have, things that will add value to people's lives, things that will add value to their national life, um, to even our spiritual life, will you go for a cathedral? That's a question that we don't think the government has answered well enough. The reason being that there are a lot of cathedrals in Ghana. There are about 40 traditional cathedrals and per last count, more than 120 cathedral scale Christian worship centers. That is churches or temples or synagogues or whatever you call them that are the scale of a cathedral. So of the things we don't have, even if you agree that you know the cathedral is a great thing in and of itself, you have to ask yourself whether it's, we need one more cathedral. The second thing that is also important is when we look at our religious spectrum, and there's, a, there's a, a part of our religious spectrum that really has strong connections with our lives as indigenous Ghanaians and as Africans. And that part of our religious lives has seen no support from the state whatsoever. Think of Konfanochi's birthplace, you know, whether in Okugwa or if you go to Aguna, and think of the famous palm tree on which he was supposed to have climbed without sandals, or sorry, with sandals. Think of all the spiritual sites connected to the Koli Lagoon, the Sakumono Lagoon, and the rest. These are indigenous aspects of our belief system. And while you may be Christian, while um, some of the guests on this show may be Christian, there are significant numbers of Ghanaians who believe in these traditional religions. And if you are a tourist, you probably will be coming to Ghana to see the Sakumono Shrine. If it was properly designed to be tourist friendly, then you'll be coming to see another Christian cathedral when the Catholic Church alone has 1,800 plus minor basilicas around the world. So we have to ask ourselves that question, whether indeed, from an additionality point of view, an extra cathedral is what we need. 
Then there is also this massive confusion about categories. They are calling it a cathedral, which is really bizarre because a cathedral is a technical term. A cathedral is the seat of a bishop. It is only those churches that have episcopal hierarchies, the Anglicans, the Methodists, and the rest of them, they use the term cathedral with a very specific meaning, typically as the seat of a diocesan bishop. And sometimes you may have Savrakan bishops in some cathedrals, but typically the bishop, whether a metropolitan bishop or the bishop of some high rank will be in the cathedral. Is the suggestion that we're going to have a national bishop? Because that's a very important point if we're going to try and convince people that this is a cathedral. So first of all, it is not a cathedral. It's not a cathedral because we don't accept, given the context, that any of the churches that are Episcopal in this country have custodianship over, over, over the cathedral, or the proposed cathedral inverted commerce. It's not the Catholics, it's not the Anglicans, it's not the Methodists. It's supposed to be some kind of ecumenical interdenominational center. But in, in, interdenominational centers worldwide are never called cathedrals. Nobody will be able to point to me a single ecumenical or interdenominational worship center called a cathedral anywhere in the world. In fact, one of the closest things um, we have in Africa to what we are trying to do is what the Nigerians did some time ago. And that is extraordinarily interesting and, and prescriptive and, um, shall I say, it's, it's exhortative for us. We can learn a lot from what happened in Nigeria in the way that they went about building the, what, they, what people call the National Church. But it's actually the real name of it is the National Christian Center. So this ecumenical center, which was an attempt by multiple Christian sects to have a common location like the way we have with chaplaincies in the military and things like that, it started in 1989. And the Christian dominations were responsible for funding it, which a lot of people don't know. So if you go to Nigeria and see the so-called National Church, it was not built by the state or funded by the state. In fact, from 1989 to 2004, it languished because they could not find the money. And then the government decided that it will put some, not resources, it will put some impetus behind it by the president of the country becoming the national treasurer as a means of mobilization. And then the Christian donations mobilized resources to the tune of 3 billion naira, which today will be less than $30 million, to build that beautiful edifice you see in Abuja in, by 2005. The government did not put a single man, uh, p, um, uh, cent in it. But it's also not a cathedral because it's an ecumenical center or interdenominational center. So this is a very important lesson. One of the challenges we have with the way government sometimes runs Ghana, and we've had it with successive government, but I think with this government it's becoming quite problematic. There is almost no effort in advance of building these policies to engage widely with a view of making the policy better. We're not saying that engage civil society, engage research institutions, engage think tanks because they are smarter than the people that you have in government. We are saying that because people you have in government have similar interests, and sometimes the nature of politics is such that people have to show loyalty. They are not always able to tell you things as they are. So what happens is that we don't do enough research, we don't have any real policy documents. When issues arise, we get confused. People are running helter-skelter because where is the policy document back in the cathedral? With whom have they shared it with? Who are the people that are not already convinced by it, who have been engaged so that they can share ideas about how they could have done this better? So in simple terms, the Nigerian National Church, which, whose real and appropriate name is the National Christian Center, was not funded by the state. And this is a pattern that you see all over the world. So I've heard people say, oh, we have national cathedrals around the world, the rest of it. <laughs> two major points, two major points. A national cathedral is not the same as a kind of interdenominational or a communal center. 
a national cathedral would typically be run by an Episcopal church, like the Anglicans, like the Catholics, like the Methodists, churches that have Episcopal hierarchies, where there are bishops and there are suffragan bishops, diocesan bishops, etc. That's an important point. The second point is that it's almost never built by the government. And I'll walk you through a number of the popular ones that have come up in the debate. So you take the U.S. National, uh, Washington National Cathedral. What most people don't know is that it's an Anglican church. In the U.S., it's called an Episcopal church because the Anglican uh, church in the U.S., that's how it's called. And this church or this uh, cathedral is actually a, uh, an Anglican cathedral. Its real name is the Cathedral of St. Paul and St. Peter. So the fact that it's often called, branded the National Cathedral, doesn't mean that the government of the United States went to find money and, and, and pumped it into it. The Christian community and ordinary uh, people in the United States who love it for its history, contribute. And it cost them about $65 million in today's money to build that with no government money whatsoever. Notre Dame has also often been mentioned as the National Cathedral of France. It's a Catholic cathedral. The Catholics run it. They have custodianship. If you go to Jerusalem, you go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, you find out that the Greek Orthodox have custodianship uh, in different places um, or some of the different uh, native sites. You have the Russian Orthodox, etc. So typically you have this custodianship and then they are responsible for finding the money to put into it. The Israeli government doesn't fund the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It's not that doesn't how it works. In fact, Notre Dame was recently bent down and resources had to be found to restore it. If you've noticed, all the $790 million have come from corporate and private donations. Not a single penny, cent, dollar of government of France money has gone into Notre Dame because it's a Catholic cathedral. It may be the National Cathedral of France, the most uh, impressive mother uh, church of, of France, but that doesn't mean that you have to put government money in it necessarily. In Paul Cathedral in Britain, cost about $230 million. Interesting funding model. Um, special tariff on coal brought into the port of London is how they funded the cathedral. You will say, well, that is almost precise government. Well, the truth is that at that time, Anglicanism was the established church of England. What that means is that we had, they had a national religion. And the head of state was also the governor of the church. And therefore, in that regard, if the, 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 the city of London, with the approval of parliament, decided to place a special tariff on coal imports into London to, to pay for it, it's understandable. But even so, it was not ordinary people's taxes in the consolidated funds or the treasury, as they call it in Britain, that went into paying for St. Paul. You can think of Denmark, which is another religion, you know, where the, the, the national religion is the Lutheran religion. And this is a Protestant country. And there also, you have very important churches like the Church of Our Lady, which is often considered the mother church in Copenhagen and the national church. And it is not funded by the public. It is funded by the church. In fact, so much so that even though it's also a listed tourist site, and a lot of people visit Our Lady, uh, the Church of Our Lady, when they have damages, sometimes due to the pressure brought on it by tourists, the government insists that payment is done by the church because it's church property. So we have to be very clear in terms of the way we understand these concepts of national cathedral. First of all, if you have a national cathedral, properly speaking, then either you have an established church in the country, so there's an established religion, as in the case of the United Kingdom, where Anglicanism is the established religion and the head of state is the supreme governor of the church, or in some instances, you have the cathedral of an existing Christian denomination, like the Catholics or the Anglicans, and then it gets co-opted by Brandon to be the national cathedral. It is similar in the case, the case that we have in, 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 um, in, in Russia, where you have an established re uh, religion, the Russian Orthodox Church, and St. Basil Cathedral was therefore built for that purpose by Ivan the Terrible. In that regard, you have no problems. Why you have an ecumenical church 
uh, an ecumenical worship center that cannot really be a cathedral, that cannot really be funded by the public, but is purported to be a national cathedral in complete conflation of the terminology. But on top of that also, in complete contrast with how it is usually done all over the world, there's a challenge. The second big problem that we have from a policy management point of view is the way that we've gone about the procurement process. Um, and I think Honorable uh, Okujito has um, 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 said a lot about this already, so I'll just highlight on the keynotes. First of all, typically, you have a very strict scheduling of the way that the fees are paid at different stages. And for some, apart from the schematic designs, which you know often will often start with, most of the other elements will continue for many months, and in some cases for many years. Like some of the construction documents that you generate. You don't generate them at once because as you develop lighting, as you develop plumbing, a whole bunch of developments emerge and you produce construction documents and the rest of it. We are quite surprised to learn that huge amounts of money is being given to um, uh, Sir David Ajay upfront. On top of that, the amount of money that he's charged from the documents that we have now, uh, about $22 million, which was nearly 10% of project cost, is monstrous. Look at the median survey data. Remember that this is the, the data you are looking on the screen now is survey data. What that means is that the Royal Institute for Architecture in the United Kingdom, RIBA, goes around and asks architects and collects data on what fees they are charging. Mm. Said so David Ajay's um, um, studio is primarily UK based. So I'm using RIBA data. That is the regulatory authority there. That is the professional association there. And they go around and find out what architects typically charge. What you realize is that as the scale of the project increases, the percentage reduces mm -hmm. because it's natural. If you're, you know, if you're, I'm going to do a ten billion dollar project, I don't have to pay a billion dollars back okay. That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. So that scaling dynamic means, therefore, that the average percentage for project costs that you typically find in the United Kingdom is about three point five percent. We have a situation where we're paying, and that's for design and build. We are paying not just design to be to be, uh, to be very clear. We are paying almost 10% to say David J for 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 this um, 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 exercise that he's undertaken on behalf of the country. And nobody doubts his competence, nobody doubts his talent. But this is inflationary pricing, which we must talk about. If we were to bring it down to Ghana, it's okay. Well, he's based in the UK, but now he has a studio in Accra. You know, he, has, he has a studio in London. What is the UK, the, the Ghanaian guidance when it comes to architectural fees? And here also, I find it shocking that we will be breaching the Ghana Institute of Architects fee structure, which is around 4%. So we're going to about 10%. What is it about the J? That means that we must pay so much when the project scale is such that typically we need to be compliant with guidance mm. because it's a big project, so it's making a lot of money. So that's a challenge. Architectural design fees should be about 1%. We've paid $6 million, like as much as um, uh, more than uh, 6% of the of the project cost. And that is like five times or more what the guidance will suggest for, for just the schematic diagrams uh, and the early concepts. And, and that is problematic. The other thing we have explained with is this new pattern whereby the government is consistently single sourcing large projects to a single architect. It's, it's, it's unusual. We've not had it in this, in, in this country. We've not seen that. What has all of a sudden changed? We appreciate the fact that Sir David Ajay is a global architect of international renown. He's been practicing for years. Since 2000, he's been famous around the world. Why is it that all of a sudden, 2020 or 2018, 2019 onwards, we are seeing massive projects being awarded to him without 
design competition. Whereas where he operates, where he traditionally operates, look at the number of projects that he's done in Africa, maybe less than 5% of his entire portfolio. So he operates primarily internationally. And in those places, it's almost always the case that it's a design competition. How can we award the Ghana Free Fair Center a, a one point something billion dollar project, suggesting that if you're going to keep paying him at the rate we are paying him, it's about a hundred million dollar project. We decided to do the Ghana Freedom Pavilion in the Biennale in Venice for the first time in 2019, and we went for him. Uh, and we're going to pay a huge amount of money. We're going to spend more than a billion dollars on Agenda 111. If we use the same uh, scaling fee scales that we've noted that he's been applying, we're going to pay him about a hundred million dollars. By the time we are through, we would have paid a single architect more than $300 million as a country. Somebody has to ask some questions. And if we argue that, well, he's a renowned architect and therefore we like his work, why doesn't he compete then? Because then it will be evident that on top of the fact that he's a globally renowned architect, his links to Ghana, his ties to Ghana will also play to his advantage compared to other international architects. But the benefit is that it will bring down the pricing because these are inflated prices. And we are paying huge amount of money to, 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 to the gentleman. As I've said, we have immense regard for his talent. We have immense regard for his competence. But the way in which the country's money is being funneled you know, to, 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 to his studio raises eyebrows. And I think the, the, the G himself would not begrudge us the, the feelings that we are having that something off is happening. People have also raised concerns about seeming connections to the first family. Um, of course, some of these matters are difficult to, to pin down. But we realize that in the in the Biennale installation, for instance, that he made for Ghana, first time Ghana spent millions of dollars in the Biennale, by the way. We've been going to the Biennale for years. Typically, it's very modest. You know, artists go themselves. El Anachu and all of our artists have been going uh, for years without any fanfare. This time, we decided to build a massive installation. And we have Nana Oforiata Ayin and Sede um, um, Vidajay paid to set up this, uh, this pavilion. Now, these are both artists of global renown and of international caliber. I don't dispute that. And it's perhaps entirely coincidental that two of our most distinguished artists will collaborate. The challenge is that Nana Furiata Enim is the cousin to the president. The fact of the matter is that in a very short period of time since the coming into office of this president, hundreds of millions of dollars of projects have been awarded to a single architect. Even if everything was above board, and we have suggested that the way in which the procurement was done through single sourcing, without tendering, without design competitions, without any effort to be transparent, those are problematic. But even if we assume them away, we wish them away, even if we wish them away and say, look, all of this is above board, it still raises too many eyebrows, too many coincidences colliding with each other that gives us cause for, for, for concern. Then we go into the issue around the return on investment. We've been challenged to accept and to embrace this because one of the things that will happen is tourists will come to Ghana. In fact, I was stunned reading the report, uh, the press release by the Christian, uh, sorry, the, Catholic, uh, the Cathedral Secretariat, suggesting that there are 600 million Christians in Africa and they expect 10% of them to come to Ghana. That is 60 million tourists. No country in the world gets 60 million tourists on religious grounds alone. In fact, some of the best countries in the world for tourism get 60 million tourists in total, like France. You know, so to expect that you have 60 million Christians from Africa come to look at a cathedral is problematic. But why are we not so hopeful that we will attract the millions of tourists who will pay entry fees to cover the cost? First of all, people go into cathedrals primarily for two reasons. One is the history and arts. So if you go to the Duomo in Florence, 
that is one of the, you know, when we had the Grand Dukes of, of Tuscany, um, that was the national church in that part of Italy, in that region of Italy, in Tuscany. And you will find that it has a, a, a precious uh, museum with incredibly valuable artifacts dating back hundreds and hundreds of years, some of them into Roman times. There's history that will take you months to consume. People go to the Duomo for that reason. People go to Notre Dame for that reason, the history, the art. The second is the religious. So there are two main reasons you may want to go to a cathedral for religious purposes, relics or reliquaries. Typically, some of the faithful believe that either the body parts or clothing that a saint or a very holy person wore has spiritual or miraculous powers. And most of the cathedrals in the world store them. So you will go to a place like the Duomo and they will tell you that they have We have a little challenge with uh, Bright Simmons' presentation. He was just concluding, and uh, we'll get him back and patiently allow him to conclude in just a couple of minutes. Um, so you've just been listening to Bright Simmons, Honorary Vice President, Imani Africa, uh, provoking you in a very special way, I think, because I feel provoked by some of the uh, statements that he makes. Um, we are joined by Dr. Paul Opoku Mensah, Executive Director of the National Cathedral Secretariat. Thank you very much for making the time to join us, sir. Thank you. Right. Good to be here. Uh, this show, as always, is brought to you by the candidate sponsorship of Bank of Africa, strong as a group and closer partner, MTN everywhere you go, at Shasi University. Educating ethical and entrepreneurial leaders for Africa, Robert and Sons, Optical Services. Your comprehensive eye care service provider for 31 years. We lead properties, home is where one starts, and Farnet um, Ghana. Think wood, think Farnet. Also, if you're looking for the best uh, furniture and uh, designs, Farnet Ghana is where to get that. Okay, so uh, whilst we wait to correct uh, Bright's uh, situation and get back, I'd like us to hear uh, Samuel Okujeto, um particularly on the back of the statement that the Secretariat has issued. Has he come to a point of amending some of his positions or uh, nothing has changed? Yes. Well, thank you, Samson. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you that nothing has changed really. Um, more questions have even arisen after reading the seven-page statement from the uh, National Cathedral Secretariat. And let me say good morning to Dr. Poku Mensah, who has joined us. Um, I must make a preliminary observation that I honestly do not take it kindly the way you situate your statement when you conclude by saying that this historic and game-changing project, the National Cathedral of Ghana, deserves a more elevated national conversation on its nature, funding, and relevance than has been the case so far. Honestly, that is a diplomatic way of saying that so far this conversation has not really focused on the germane issues or are not elevated, to use your own words, 
I, I totally disagree. And you see, we need to get one thing clear. We are using public funds. We are saying that belatedly, though, this is a national project. A national project will require a collective buy-in that we all come on board. So our mindset, our posture, our orientation will have to be different. Mm -hmm. Please don't create the impression that you do not welcome accountability and that you do not want transparency to be the hallmark of this project. Because so far, these qualities have been in great deficit. Accountability, transparency, being forthright with the Ghanaian people. So please, I do not think that the Christian Council, which is asking you to come clean, CSOs, you've seen Odadia Bryce Simmons's, you know, brilliant exposition, uh, uh, journalists, anti-corruption crusaders, all of us who are asking relevant questions. <laughs> it is an elevated discussion. We are focused on what matters. It is our taxes, and it is important that the National Cathedral Secretariat uh, does not, uh, as it were, um, uh, assume a posture that. Do, do you take into Do you take into account the premise, the premise for making that, you know, uh, conclusion, that this historic and game-changing project, the National Cathedral of Ghana, deserves a more elevated national conversation on its nature, funding, and relevance than has been the case so far. The premise is that throughout the 65 years of our nationhood a number of long-term infrastructural projects have been discussed without the dispassionate analysis of cost and long-term value so why are we attacking the national cathedral in the manner we are doing when you know in 65 years long-term infrastructure projects in this country have not been discussed with in that manner that's that's the premise or oh, you don't get that you don't buy that i i i i, I do not buy it and, and 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 you see as as christians let's be minded colossians 4 6 our responses at all times must be full of grace well seasoned with salt we should know how to approach everybody who has perspectives on issues. That's what the Bible teaches us. So I just thought that um, uh, I, I'm coming. I, 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 I begin with that point. But I'll need some time to go into the issues because you have provided a detailed response. Point one, private project or public project. After so many years, we are hearing for the first time and I've been in Parliament throughout this project. I'm in my third term now. This is the first time we are hearing that this is a national project. You have incorporated it under the Companies Act on July 18, 2019. This is fresh information. Information that all of us have not known. And you admit in your own statement, page two, paragraph two, that 
of the three reasons, and the three reasons you gave is that gesture of thanksgiving, number two, symbol of Christian presence and contributions to the nation, number three, a personal pledge to God. Then you, you say that of these three reasons, the personal pledge came to be associated with the cathedral as private project that needed to be developed without state support. That association came from you. I have here statements from members of your board of trustees. Okay. So, so I'll do this. Uh, sorry for that interruption. Um, Bright has just a few minutes okay. to finish up his presentation. We have rectified his situation. That's fine. Um, so Bright, thank you very much for rejoining us. Um, can we get the conclusion? Hello, Bright. Please, please unmute, unmute your mic. Um, Samson, you are muted, so I have not heard anything that has gone on this. We can hear you. We can hear you now. We can hear you now. Please proceed and make the conclusion. Okay, I'm not sure where I got. I understand you had some technical difficulty, and so some part of my talk was on head. So I don't know where I got um, disengaged. I understand it was where I was talking about pilgrims. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, sorry, can you please repeat that? Exactly, that's the where you were about the fact that we cannot be expecting the 60 million, 60 million uh, of uh, tourists. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you. I will, I will proceed to share my screen then. I apologize, um, apologies for this. Um, yeah, I, I think it's not from your end. Yes. Um, so, uh, can, I think it's loading up now. Um, are you able to see? And uh, Bright is going to continue and finish up on the presentation because we didn't want to leave that uh, conclusion hanging uh, so that we can return to the studio, have Okujetua Blackwa do his, and then thankfully, thankfully, we have the executive director of the National Cathedral of Ghana, uh, Dr. Paul Opokumensa here in the studio to assist us um, so that we have the the full picture uh, if there are questions to be directed at him this time we have the opportunity to ask him directly uh, the questions that we may have uh, bothering our minds about this this program is brought to you by the candidate sponsorship of bank of africa as strong as a group and close as a partner mtn everywhere you go ashasi university educating ethical and entrepreneurial leaders for africa Robert and Sons Optical Services, your comprehensive eye care service provider for 31 years. Whaley Properties, home is where one starts. And Farnet, uh, Farnat, that's uh, Farnat Ghana. Think Wood, think Farnat. Um, yes, so right, let's hear you. Okay, sorry, I mean, um, what I was trying to explain was that people will typically visit cathedrals for two main reasons. One, historical and artistic, and the other, spiritual. Right. So in the respect of historical and artistic, you can think of a famous museum like the Duomo in Florence, uh, you know, that in that, those days when it was ruled by the Grand Dukes of that Tuscany, that was what you might consider the equivalent of a national cathedral. 
And if you go into the Duomo today, there's a whole museum that will show you antiquities dating to Roman times, to Greek mm. times, um, to show you the, the evolution of Christianity in Florence, all the way back to medieval and, and early Christian times. People will go because those things are precious. You can't find them anywhere else. Mm. The other reason it might be because um, there are uh, instances where miracles have been associated with religious sites, particularly Christians' religious sites. Okay. And in those instances where Mary has okay, appeared, I guess I'm done with issues, and things like that, people will go there because they believe that those places are holy places. Oh, I can't, I should, I'll talk again. Um, Sometimes you will find instances where there will be um, relics, parts of the body or parts of the, the clothing of a holy person or a saint in the cathedral. And those reasons, so if you go to uh, a place like um, uh, the Duomo in Florence that I mentioned earlier, mm. they believe that the finger of John the Baptist is kept in a reliquary. And people that want healing and things like that will go there uh, for, for, for that purpose. So if we're thinking about a, a national museum, uh, sorry, a national cathedral in Ghana, which has none of these virtues, because it's starting up in 2022, it has, not, it has no comparison whatsoever to say uh, the, the, the action chapel, you know, that is run by Archbishop Duncan Williams at the founding site of charismaticism in Ghana, or Our Lady of Sorrows in Navrongo, which is um, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Mm. Why then would somebody go to a cathedral built in 2022? There has to be a reason. And some of the reasons they've been mentioned doesn't really add up, like there's a restaurant there and things like that. There are restaurants everywhere in, 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 in Ghana. So what the only thing that we've heard which is interesting because it does suggest that there is a plan to attract tourists of a high quality and a high caliber to pay for it as well. Is the museum idea. And then the thing with the museum is that you need to have a collection. You have to buy antiquities to put in the museum for people to come. And the cost of these antiquities are massive. And Renaissance painting alone can cost you a hundred and something million dollars, right? So let's say we're even buying you know, cheaper items, but still of some historical value. We can easily spend $250 million just on the collection for the museum. We've not even budgeted for that. We've budgeted for the construction of the cathedral and its interior furnishings. And when you look at the project plan that has currently been uh, uh, circulated, it's quite clear that we will need money for the, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the museum itself. Now, we were looking into this and we said, okay, maybe they have a plan for it because it's very essential. And we realized that one of the people very connected intimately to this museum and who is not a subject, whose involvement is not a subject, of a request for information uh, filings in Ghana, is a certain Carrie Summers who has strong relationships with the Museum of the Bible, uh, owned by a certain entrepreneur called Steve Green. And we know that the Museum of uh, the, the, the National Cathedral Secretariat has been having conversations with this Museum of the Bible in the United States in terms of collaboration around the Bible Museum. The point that, that we've noted is that this is also a museum that has been flagged for some really frightening problems. In one instance, they had to come out and acknowledge that they have been displaying fake Dead Sea Scrolls for, 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 for quite a, a while. And at one point, they had to admit that they had found a way to smuggle out really precious cuneiform from uh, Iraq you know, for, for the Epic of Gilgamesh, for instance. So these are problematic issues which require investigation. Now, my point is that if all of these matters were, you know, in the public, transparent, there was a plan, there was, you know, documents that have been written and shared, this is what we intend to do, we want to partner on the Bible and the rest, people like us who have an interest will have shared with the public and, of course, with the government and the National Cathedral Security and the rest of it, our concerns, some of those will have been dealt with and will have had a much more robust um, strategy. But if you go and do these things on the quiet, it's not clear how exactly you intend to raise money to build a collection for the museum, where the money is coming from, and things like that. You gain 
reputation for shadiness, especially when you are dealing with organizations that themselves are the subject of lawsuits and criminal inquiries about their, about their conduct and, and things like that. The last one, which I think is fundamental to the challenges we are having with the cathedral, is the role of the, the trustees. The trustees, as we now understand, have also been constituted into the board of directors of the National Cathedral Project, which is incorporated as an entity limited by guarantee. So standard corporate governance, corporate governance 101, is a body corporate. Now a body corporate of this nature must take its own decisions. The board of directors cannot be overridden merely because shareholders wishes something to happen. It will have to happen through the process of the board of directors, either because the representatives of the shareholders vote for it or something like that. So when we have the president of the country, the presidency, the office of the president, being responsible for procurement for an entity that is incorporated in its own state, and that has its own corporate personality, its own legal personality, it gets very worrying. What are the agreements the archbishops on that board of trustees saying about this wanton um, disregard for corporate governance rules in terms of how this will happen? The documents sent to the Public Procurement Authority should have been under the hand and the seal of the board of trustees or the executive management. Under no circumstance should the president be the one handling procurement for a cathedral, a project that has been constituted as its own entity, so money can go into it and accounting can be done at the level of that entity. We find these, these problems really, really frightening. We think that the shambolic nature in which this whole affair has been handled does not give credit to the government's policy managing uh, management machinery. Mm. And it's time for the agreements, the archbishops, who are on the board of trustees and also at the board of directors, to put their feet down, take control of the affairs, or resign if they feel that these matters are happening on their blind side. It should not be the case that though they have fiduciary responsibility, they have the duty of care, duty of loyalty, duty of obedience, etc., they are still not completely in charge. These are matters that we feel in civil society are extremely problematic, and we wish that better answers be provided than what has currently been put in the public domain by the Secretariat, purporting right. to answer questions. Okay. But as you will yourself acknowledge, Samson, mm -hmm. none of the questions that we've raised today are answered by that document that you read last night. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, thank you very much, Bai Simmons. Um, so, Sam, you are proceeding on a certain tangent, and I'll allow you time to do so. But could you Hello? start? Yes, right. Thank you. Could you start? Something. From... Yes. Um, is it possible to ask Bright just one question? Uh, is that Stephen Amwa? Yes. Uh, Sticker, hold on for me. So. Okay. Um, Tell me, can you start from where he ended? Yes. Says, none of the questions asked so far have been answered by the seven-page press statement. Yes. Is that truth for you? Absolutely. Which are these questions that have not been answered? Question one, mm -hmm. Article 178 of the Constitution, which is so fundamental, parliamentary approval was not sought before releases were made to this project. And we have put out three documents so far amounting to about 200 million Ghana cities. We have put out the first 25 million Ghana cities 
dated 31st of March 2022, signed by the Honorable Kanoforiata, Minister for Finance, which is a warrant to the Controller Accountant General to release yeah. that sum of money. You wouldn't find it in the 2022 budget. We have also released documents from 2021, 32 million Ghana cities paid to Sir David Ajay. You won't find that in the 2021 budget. We have again released a warrant for 142.7 million Ghana cities. That is $25 million. That was to the Secretariat. So the 25 million Ghana cities was to Ribade Construction Company Limited. The 32 million Ghana cities was to Sir David Ajay. The 142.7 million Ghana cities was to your Secretariat, released on the 29th of October, 2020. Again, you don't find that anywhere in the 2020 budget. I have here all the budgets of President Akufuado from 2017 to 2022. You do not find that. We have also been raising procurement questions. The role of Sir David Ajay. Bryce Simmons has talked about what is wrong with the office of the president usurping the role of the board of trustees and purporting to be carrying out procurement. If you read the letter that we put out, the letter sent to the uh, the, 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 the letter from the Public Procurement Authority, signed by ABAJ, the Chief Executive, on 17 December 2018. I read from the second paragraph. At the Board Technical Committee meeting number 2020-2018, held on Thursday 13 December 2018, the Board granted approval to Office of the President in accordance with Section 725B of Act 63 as amended to engage Messrs. David Ajay and Associates as lead consultant construction and supervision for the construction of the National Christian Cathedral at a total cost of $23.75 million. Now, when you pay regard to Section 725B of the Procurement Law Act 63, a copy of which I have here. 7253 provides the procurement entity may select consultants by inviting proposals from a single consultant where there is, you make reference to B, an emergency as specified in section 41B and C. When you go to section 41B, <coughs> this cannot apply. Section 41B says that a procurement entity may engage a single source procurement under section 41 with the approval of the board. B says, where there is an urgent need for the goods, works, or services and engaging in tender proceedings or any other method of procurement is impractical due to unforeseeable circumstances, giving rise to the urgency, which is not the result of dilatory conduct on the part of the procurement entity. How does this apply? It cannot apply. That is why we have been raising issues about the procurement breaches all the legal infractions associated to this. And this is the lost project, as we have been told. So you, you expect that there will be utmost fidelity to the law, to the Constitution. 
that is not being observed. Who defines what is urgent? You say it doesn't qualify because it, it cannot be said to be urgent. Yes. Who, who, who must define no it? urgency. There is no emergency. The mm -hmm. law defines them. Mm -hmm. It defines those circumstances. This is a personal pledge the president made to God. He had time. He's won his elections. He's constituted the board in 2017. There is so much time. From 2017, he cut the sword. He even announced when you read the finance minister's speech to parliament, mm. they put out their timetable uh, uh, from paragraph 157. Mr. Speaker, the president is determined that the building of the National Cathedral would not put undue financial burdens on the state. He has therefore proposed a partnership between the state and the Ghanaian Christian community, both at home and in the diaspora. The former launch of this national fundraising campaign slated for December 28, 2018 in Ghana and February 2019 in the United States. What's the emergency about this? What is the urgency? Has there been any, any national catastrophe associated to this project? None whatsoever. So these, these, these provisions of the procurement law being relied upon is, 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 is just, I mean, with all due respect, I mean, unacceptable. Let me just use those words. Mm. Then let's come to the partnership components. Mm -hmm. Again, we are not seeing candor. We are not seeing sincerity. You say at page two of your release that within the partnership, the role of the state has been specified as follows. Okay. Appointment of the architect and design team. Two, the land and its preparation. Three, setting up and equipping the secretariat. And four, seed money. Mm -hmm. A major plank that has been omitted is the compensation. Many properties have been demolished. And so far, the cost, we have been putting together the cost of this compensation. This week, we put out documents from Waterstone Realty Limited. We owe them about $6.5 million. I have here the letter the Honorable John Pitame who wrote to them May 30th, 2018. Chief Executive Officer Waterstone Realty, uh, Ghana Limited. Dear sir, proposed site for the National Cathedral Project. The President of the Republic of Ghana, His Excellency Nanado Danko Akufuado, in conjunction with the leaders of the Christian community, has initiated a process with plans for with plans for advance to construct a national cathedral for the state of Ghana. The proposed site for the national cathedral is at 6.323 hectares. Being a, an occupant of a portion of the said land, which will be affected by the construction, the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources wishes to engage you towards a smooth relocation of your outfit. You move in, you demolish this property, the people ask for more time. They had bought this land for $2.5 million. They've employed over 100 people, and these are up market luxury apartments. They were making profits of about 2 million Ghana cities a month. You demolish all of that. This is their letter, 4 June 2018, asking for more time. You said, no, you don't have more time. They have to move out. You went ahead, demolished. It took you two good years to identify some property that you said they could go and occupy. The Lands Commission on the on the uh, 12th of August, 2020, 
allocated land this case, to this When company. you say it took you, I think you should, you should be speaking yes. to the government. Mm. Yes, the yes, yes, to the government. It took the government two years to offer them 1.26 acres, which was even less than what you demolished. They, you demolished 1.6 acres, property on 1.6 acres of land. Will you believe something? That since 12 August 2020, they can't have access, they can't take possession. There are people in there who say that they work for national security. The Lands Commission can't tell them what to do. They are not moving out. Now they have served notice, they are going to court. And they are going to compound the four-year losses. You are not talking about that. Something, let me reveal for the first time, and I know this will interest you. You know the Judicial Training Institute was demolished? Of course. Do you know how much it's going to cost Ghana to replace that? Let me reveal for the first time, $15 million. That's what the Judicial Service has put together. Their is it, plan. Is it just the institute or the buildings for the court of appeal judges that were also taking about uh, 12 or, or no, so of them no this is just this is just an institute we've talked about the the bungalows that's 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 a separate matter mm. because remember that when the bungalows were demolished there was and, renting and for them there was renting for them five thousand dollars a month and then we are now constructing for them they've even lost land because of that because they had to negotiate with a private developer to take half of their land and so you, you develop the other portion, and then they, the, the private developer takes over that portion of the land. So that's a separate matter. The Judicial Training Institute is going to cost us $15 million. The Chief Justice has been negotiating with the ECOWAS Bank for Investment and Development. Those negotiations have broken down. Uh, the ECOWAS Bank has walked away. They are not really interested. They have now opened talks with the World Bank. $50 million. At today's exchange, that is in excess of 370 million Ghana cities. So when you tell us that the role of the state is just appointment of the architect and design team, which, by the way, is, is, is fresh information. Mm. It was not containing any of the budget documents. Land and this preparation, setting up and equipping the secretary and seed money. You are not being particularly candid. The government continues with this opacity and the lack of full disclosure that has attended upon this, this, this project. And then you see, in your statement, I think that you are taking up some responsibilities there was this uh, IT uh, company. I don't know if it's the same as the royalty no, that's a, company. No, that's another there was one. This IT company that we understood you know, was within the property, and um, it was hosting sensitive and expensive IT infrastructure for many state uh, entities, including the Bank of Ghana, uh, SEPS, SNET, uh, CSD, uh, the G yeah. GSE, yeah. and uh, GRA. And they, we understood were also demanding in the millions of dollars for their relocation. So if they are also different. Yes, no, that's different. You are right. And I know them. What government has done so far is just to get them a place to relocate. But they are waiting for financial compensation. Mm -hmm. So you need to add all of that. So by the time we compute, so this company which is Comsys, I hope they don't mind I reveal their identity. Then you have Waterstone Realty. 
Then you have judicial service now looking for a $50 million loan. Uh, that will be a burden on the Ghanaian taxpayer. We haven't talked about the Malian government's relocation because the Mali ambassador's residence was in that enclave. We signed an agreement with them, please bear with us, we have to demolish, we will relocate you to airport residential. The cost of the land at airport residential, which government has just bought for them, but they are waiting for the construction of the ambassador's residence. You need to add that as well. The relocation of the judges, the cost of the construction the of a permanent office. bungalow, the passport office, it costs us 10 million Ghana cities to relocate the passport office. So why is government not coming clean? Mm. That is why I agree with you the said you have been, Council. You said you have been doing something. What, what's the, what rough figure do you have? How much will it cost the state to relocate all of these entities? This, this, this relocation mm. is in the region of $100 million. So far, mm -hmm. so far. Okay. And 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 it may even, you know. Um, but but uh, you know. you cannot be putting that uh, on the secretariat because, as far as they are concerned, mm -hmm. they were simply waiting to receive land. Mm -hmm. Once they are giving the land, mm -hmm. then they will be giving the seed money for the preparatory state mm -hmm. phase of the project. So. No, but, but we but, cannot no, be asking them questions no, about that, no, right? No, something. No, no, I disagree. Mm. They are telling us in this statement the role of the state. Mm -hmm. So do full disclosure. Come clean. You, why are you leaving out the demolition compensation compensation of those demolished properties? Yes, please. It, you, it, you, you speak. It, yeah. it, it has to be stated. Mm. That has the full role. And you see, they've been going on about this, this lack of disclosure for too long. Something. Do you know when you read the Supreme Court judgment, do they make reference to the 23rd January 2019 case in the James Kovner Bonfair uh, matter? I have a copy here. You even misled the eminent judges. The judges said here at page 19, we take note that the government has maintained a consistent theme about the unifying effects of the National Cathedral on Ghanaian Christians. So far, its contribution is to provide land for the cathedral and the actual construction to be sponsored and financed by the churches the judges were misled. So everybody is being misled in this matter. Okay. And, and it, it, it has to stop. Have no, you something. No, uh, I must come to... No, I want, to, I, want to, yeah. I want us to hear him on the issues you have raised. No, this, this point is, mm. is important. The, okay, the, raise, uh, raise that one. Add the, it. The, Add it. The Mensa Otabil issue. Okay. Um, I am disappointed at the lack of candor, my brother. Look. He you excused himself you, at you, the point of registration. That's all they are saying. He didn't resign, and that he has been uh, available, giving valuable advice. You're going to compel me to see. You see, you know that we know too much Please, about this project. Anything. I yeah. went to Neo mm. but, but But you know that. You know that. Right. You know that. Uh -huh. You didn't give your board of trustees appointment letters. You know that. Continue listening. You didn't give them appointment letters. You call them by phone from the office of the president to be part of this. Mm -hmm. So you don't expect Dr. Menzo Otabel to resign in writing. There was no appointment letter. Well, what are you saying? But I'm and, trying to and, understand and what you're saying. It, you, you, <laughs> what I'm saying is clear. So he doesn't need to give you any resignation letter when you didn't give him an appointment letter. That's, that's, okay. that's, that's, that, that, that point must be emphasized. Now, in your own statement, you said, so Dr. Mensah Otabel did not resign from the board as being alleged, but excused himself 
at the point of registration of the directors in July 2019. For the avoidance of all doubt, Dr. Otabu has not been a member of the Board of Trustees since July 2019. Right. You simply confirming what I put out last week okay. on the probe. This is a confirmation. I don't see... Uh, but, really but, why, but, but I, and, think, and, I think there is there's an aspect of that that has to be said, that Dr. Otobel was brought in to give a, an impression mm -hmm. that because of the difficulties that mm -hmm. the project encountered, yes. he did not want to be associated with it. Mm -hmm. So if we get to know that since 2019, he, he had excused himself, yes. then it tells a bit of oh, a different of story. Yeah, about. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm. no, but we made a point, and if you go back, you can go back to the tape. I said that he's not been a member for more than two years. I, okay. I said that. That's, right. that's what I put. Okay, thank you. you know, now, now Sammy, if years, you can hold on there for us. And, uh, and when you and, and when we raised it, you see, mm -hmm. we, we, we were talking about that, you see, the lack of sincerity, the lack of, you know, transparency. You had him here. I have a printout right. from yeah. the website. Mm -hmm. You had him there. All this work for more than two years. Yeah. And you yourself say, you know, that you selected these people not by institutional representation, but people with influence and yeah, visibility. His, his picture, his name yes. has been taken influence. down from their website. So oh. I think I think, and, and, I think and, and that's also I thought, I thought, I thought that Dr. Paul okay. Mensah would have just admitted to just say that, oh, you know, the continual use of his name and pictures on their websites and public was an administrative lapse by the secretary. No, because it's funny, though. Okay. It was. Yeah, but... Maybe. All right, thank you. Should, thank you. So, so, uh, so, Doc, yes, uh, like I said, thankfully you are here. Okay, thank you. Um, before, you, you have been compelled mm -hmm. to issue a seven-page statement. Right. Um, first of all, do you think sincerely that you ought to have waited until that? Because people have just been asking questions, um, including, do you know how much the state is contributing? I think, uh, first let me, so I'm happy to be here. I mean, I think you've been able to make a news file, one of the very good ones you have to listen, partly by your intellect and the sheer force of your personality. So. Um, and uh, also, let, let me begin with the posture, the issue of the posture uh, in the seven page. Actually, I wanted to release this almost to dumping what I felt was quite a rising uh, temperature. So the posture I really took, and, and really that's what you kind of brought out uh, in the conclusion, uh, was that uh, as a country, we've gone through these periods where uh, critical national infrastructure come up. And the same issues, we, we, we almost sometimes bastardize this thing. Uh, and, and some of the issues that are being addressed are critical, I mean, really uh, uh, procedural issues. We, we, we can't, we don't want to trivialize them. But at the same time, I think part of my concern was that most of these discussions do not also bring into consideration the impact, the, the, the long-term impact of the project. So it really becomes almost a whole national conversation on procedures. Mm. It is legitimate. They are legal. I'm not, and I'm not uh, trivializing. That is his role as a parliamentarian. And I think one of the things we've been able to do as a country, uh, there are very few countries in Africa that has been able to do that. We've created this substantive uncertainty uh, that uh, democratic theorists will tell you is critical for political accountability. That any day we have elections, we can replace a government. Uh, and we've really been able to have this vibrant uh, opposition that keeps the government on its toes. Mm. I think we are one of the few 
country who don't even celebrate it enough. <laughs> and, and, and kind of in a major part, thanks to people like Honorable Ablakwa, I mean, who really keeps this accountability at the heart of our democracy. So first, congratulations for the consistency. And I'm not, we've not, we don't quarrel with you on really trying to live up to your parliamentary obligations. Um, but um, should I have waited for this? I think, I mean, when is the right time to issue I felt this was the right time, partly because, and I mean, the, the, the National Cathedral was uh, almost kind of brought into the uh, public domain. Uh, quite a, a lot of noise about it, <laughs> excitement, and so even the space. I mean, so, uh, the space. Uh, to say, look, who actually should be doing the talking? Uh, it was almost <laughs> a space we had to compete for. Hmm. I mean, so I think it, it's the, the timing was right. I think uh, to really begin almost uh, rationalizing the conversations. I mean, the, the National Cathedral brings quite a lot of emotions for different reasons. Uh, for those who think a secular state, in a secular state, the state should have nothing at all to do with religion. Uh, for those who think that, look, no matter what, uh, there are uh, almost some sacred spaces that one should be buildings and others that one should enter. So it's really raised quite a lot. And, and sometimes you almost have to let the conversation go on to a state where now you can come in and start this process of almost uh, rationalizing. I think, mm. I think, how, I think how does the Secretariat feel when the finance minister mm. or the government is being asked that you didn't come to parliament to ask for approval specific for this amount you're spending? Right. And you hear the government hedging or any time they give a response, mm -hmm. it is to say, look, get off our backs. What is it? Okay. We decide to spend, we are spending money from the presidency's budget. So what are you talking right. about? H how do you feel I, as? I, I, think, I think we'll get there. I mean, I think the, the finance minister um, talking point last week indicated that, look, um, if there are issues uh, of, because there are issues that have been breached, They'll resolve them. I mean, it's, it's, I think the key issue for us is really that this idea that somehow there's this grand agenda to deceive the nation. I mean, I think that, that's really, and it's been part of our history, and it's nothing to do with, I mean, NDC. Is that not a self-inflicted -inflict, situation? So that, so that, for example, I'm holding these uh, publications right. uh, in 2018, August. Right. We have immediate past General Secretary of the Christian Council, Reverend Dr. Kwabena Opuni Frempong, saying government not using taxpayers' money to build National Cathedral. Right. Emphatic. Then in 2019, October, you have uh, Archbishop Duncan Williams mm -hmm. saying, I don't see why people should fight National Cathedral project when it is not funded by taxpayers. Exactly. And now, Taxpayers' money, as much as 200 uh, million right. Ghana CDs, mm. beyond what Okujeto expects, will be in excess of a hundred million dollars right. for relocation and all of those things comes in. Mm -hmm. Don't you think it's self-inflicted? It is. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it, it's right from the beginning. I mean, and I, 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 I thought, look, the president was very categorical. Mm. I mean, actually, that was his first independence speech. He, we've used the independence days. I mean, so there's absolutely no way this could be a private uh, project. 
Unfortunately, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's just the, the, once again, I think, look, uh, people, all of it, this was new. So mm -hmm. there was a, a certain level at which <laughs> there was quite a, some excitement and different, I mean, part of the reason why the Secretariat kept quiet and some of these things is that if we had come out, we'd be contradicting certain figures. So it was, it was almost, uh, you know, sometimes you almost have to uh, re retreat. I mean, just for the right moment and now to begin to clarify. Uh, because they were kind of expecting uh, different people understood it differently. Mm. Uh, and, and, and I found this. I mean, this idea that uh, this... Or the Bible's admonishment that you are quick to listen or hear, but slow to yes. speak. And, and we've done that. I mean, I have been very frustrated because mm. sometimes I needed to, look, uh, to calm public. But at the same time, if you did, uh, you're almost going to contradict and, and, and kind of... And it's part of our politics, and it's whatever politics you're doing, that there's, there's sometimes you just simply say, look, uh, there are, this is a war, okay? So again, like, uh, again, say, again, again, how do, you, how do you feel as a secretariat right. or the trustees and directors that Ghanaians, and this is public funds, yeah. they, they have no idea how much mm -hmm. of their money will go into it? from the government. Mm -hmm. Personally, I sit here and I keep asking that question. So what is it? Is it that we are planning as we go on? We are not sure. But I should know uh, ahead right. of time. Yeah. Ideally, yes. I, I think, look, for me, when this project was given, it was OK. Uh, and I, I, I saw uh, Bright talking about what cathedrals are used for. Mm. These are historic. So every project has to be situated in its context. So the first question I ask, look, what should be the role of a national cathedral in a secular democracy whose majority citizens are religious? You, you, you have to. So it was really, the project was first and foremost almost an intellectual project. That, okay, so the president wants a national cathedral for the country. We, we operate a secular constitution. So that, how do you then make that national cathedral relevant uh, in, in both legally and others, but in, in a country also uh, whose citizens, both historically, aspirationally, are almost acutely religious. So then you begin to uh, say, look, part of doing that... And to be blunt, you want to say 70% Christian. And yes, and the Supreme Court says between uh, Christians and Muslims, almost 90%, I mean, from the Abrahamic uh, faiths. Mm. So then the issue really then becomes, how do you ensure that this national cathedral really becomes relevant? It's, it's, it's contextual. It's okay, at a point in time, it was just a religious thing. In our case, and so that's how we began to add all these other things to say that, look, to, to really uh, get the state involved in a secular democracy, in a religious uh, project like this, we almost have to almost re reconceptualize it and put it almost in the ordinary language of nation building. Uh, and to do that, you needed to add all these things we've added, uh, Bible Museum, uh, Biblical Gardens. So one, it begins to then address the relevance for uh, this 90% uh, Christians, but, but also to say, look, how can we then use this infrastructure as a means to transform us. You meant to say 70% Christians rather than 90% Christians? No, I didn't say 90%, but I said the, of the Abrahamic faith. Okay, okay, because Abrahamic the, the, faith. The, the, okay. the Bible, actually. Mm. I mean, if you go to the Bible Museum, mm. just, just last week there was an interesting uh, lecture at the Museum of the Bible, mm. uh, on the Bible and the Quran. You see, because they are, they, there's so much affinity 
And uh, if you come to the museum, I mean, if you take the Quran, 70%, uh, about 60, I think, they say, it's almost derived from the Bible, because they are all from Abraham. And so it's part of uh, what will be in the museum, actually, it will be relevant almost all Ghanaians. So my question was, how does it feel for you mm -hmm. and all your leaders yes, that, that. that you don't know the state's commitment in exact amounts? I think it will come out. I mean, because it's, a, it's, it's an ongoing process. I mean, so for instance, uh, Honorable Ablaka says we are not clear, clean with the state's commitment. We said the land is preparation. You see, when you say the land, it's a category. So that category also means if any building was broken, there has to be compensation. So that's why we didn't say just the land. The land and its preparation is a category, an all-encompassing category that includes that. But prepared that, land, hmm? that's not that's but you different can't prepare, from compensation. You see, you, but, but you see, when someone says, I'll give you land and prepare it for construction, you take it for granted that all those elements are included. Hmm. I mean, really. I mean, and, and I'm not. I don't want to trivialize what are you, you doing. Are you? Are you? I, I know you may have a difficulty. But I'm aware of those discussions. You, you, have a, you, would have, you have a difficulty, but I don't. I cannot tell how exactly you respond. But okay. I have to ask it. You were with the finance minister on the GTV right. program. Exactly. When he was asked the question mm -hmm. about lack of parliamentary approval, oh, right. His response is what you said a while ago about we will be told in due course, sort of. Right. Are you, are, you, are you happy about that? See, I think, I think what he wanted to establish, mm. he really, that there's really not been an agenda to say we want to disrespect parliament. I mean, I really think that is very critical, mm. Samson. I mean, really, that there's not been a grand agenda. But, but he's breaching the constitution. You don't spend before you go and ask permission That's to. what he was saying. He was mm. saying, that's mm. what I'm saying. Look, this has to be resolved between them. He was saying that, look, I mentioned seed money to Parliament. Mm -hmm. I mean, so this idea that uh, I spent without indicating that the government will spend on the cathedral, it's not true. I did tell Parliament, are there procedures uh, that lead to disbursement? Okay, those, that's a different set of issues. No, but Parliament doesn't approve seed money in the no, vacuum. No, no, no. It has to be specific. I understand that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that the idea that somehow, somehow, uh, the government is giving money to the uh, cathedral mm, mm. without parliament even knowing that the government had planned to give money. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a conceptual issue here. Mm. And he says, look, we came to parliament to say that look, this would be the role of the state in the National Cathedral Project. And I remember when they were preparing the minister for chieftaincy, but I normally give them, you know, everybody has to give their briefing. When you are vetting him. <laughs> yes, normally they ask you, look, you said briefings to mm. him. Mm. And one of the things I did was how much the state had given to the cathedral project. And it was actually asked in parliament. And he says, look, the state has given $25 million. So I think it's for, for us, uh, the secretariat, it's, it's really this issue that somehow there's a grand agenda to deceive the nation. Mm. That, that but, but, but elsewhere, this conduct, we are told, elsewhere, this conduct mm -hmm. will, can collapse an entire government. See, those Not are, just the minister being sacked. See, those are the things that I think, look, this will be resolved between parliament mm. and the executive. Mm. Uh, I think the finance minister was uh, very <laughs> humble. Uh, it says, look, the, the, the questions that uh, Bryce Simmons <laughs> raised, what, what do you say? He says, um, he takes it, it, uh, the architectural uh, design work. Right. Um, if this man was coming from, from England or from the UK, 
he will be entitled to something not more than 3% of the, of the cost. In Ghana, the professional fees are set out by the profession would have been not more than 4% of the, of the cost. Right. But here he is uh, earning 10% of the cost. How does it feel think, for you? I think, look, these are uh, issues that were discussed. I mean, the Attorney General was involved, PPA, uh, other questions of percentages, they can be addressed. Uh, but, I, but I think in, the, in all the discussions, so once again, procedural issues, uh, percentages and everything, absolutely, uh, they, are, they are subjects for discussion, they can be discussed. But I think for me, what is lost in this uh, is, is really this idea of then, you see, using that as the building block to then almost uh, almost trivialize uh, the role of this architect. I mean, I remember some of the discussions I've had on the National Cathedral Project, like this, this museum. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is the leading museum. I remember when I went there. I mean, it's almost like, who is this guy? I mean, this, this, these are I mean, billion-dollar uh, projects, really. When I went there, when I mentioned the name of the architect, I mean, immediately, they said, look, OK, Ghana is a serious country. Because uh, the same architect had built the National uh, Museum of Af African American, uh, he had designed it. Uh, the, uh, the, the contractors who built that mm. uh, museum mm. are the same contractors who built the Museum of the Bible. But so I remember the first time I went, the, the senior vice president of uh, the construction company, Clarks, uh, Brian Frank, was there. I mean, when they just, so, so sometimes, I, I, I do understand, I mean, in a country where we have so much, uh, that when you hear some of these figures, but what, and normally, and I'm not, <laughs> David can defend himself, the, 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 the government can defend the contract for him, but, but, but there's something that gets lost, that sometimes you, you, you attract some of these names. I mean, when David came here alone, I mean, look at the number of people who've come, including Dave Chappelle, and says, look, I want him to build a house for me in Ghana. Look, even the house you build for him, <laughs> even cover the cost of his design, he attracts, there, there are people like him uh, who almost help to, and sorry for my use of the word again, elevate <laughs> whole industries hmm. because of their presence. David is one of those. I'll be sincere with you that I'll be sincere with you that as listening to you, uh -huh. um, I can tell the feedback I'm getting from our viewers and okay. listeners that you, there are things that you should be taking seriously. Mm -hmm. You don't seem to want to give them serious attention but you are looking at the religious moral questions rather than the questions of accountability and transparency so what I'm saying which is that, are very serious yeah, very serious that's why i started by saying we should not trivialize those you see but those are not issues we can resolve on this file there are institutions uh, that are responsible for that I, I really think so what what should a program like news file do the issues of accountability are so critical I mean, to, to the whole transformation of our country, the, the survival of our democracy. But those issues are not resolved on this file. There are institutions that are there. So that's why the finance minister was saying that, look, parliament will call them to answer. I mean, and I think we really, because if we don't do that, what we do is that you end up almost incensing the nation. I mean, tensions are really, and, 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 and I think for, for me, the key issue is that we should be careful 
uh, not to fall under a certain threshold. The, 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 the when you hear government uh, spokesperson, mm -hmm. persons, including the national chairman of the NPP, right. say that Okafo Didi, and you hear a member of the trustees mm -hmm. say that, well, David built a house for God when there was difficulty. Mm -hmm. how, how does that, you know, make you feel? I don't know, but I feel really terrible about look, that. I, I think there's political communication. I, I think we, 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 I mean, that's why I'm saying that, look, uh, I'm, I was hoping with this seven page that we begin to rationalize the conversations. And so when I talk about elevation, I'm not saying that because I think that some of them, uh, in, in the kind of in the midst of I mean, when you feel like you are, you are, you are being attacked, the, the normal reaction, the default mm -hmm. reaction is kind of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you defend. Mm. Uh, but, but I think we've come to a stage where we can begin the process of rationalizing the discussions. Uh, and, and that begins by saying that, look, uh, what uh, Honorable Ablakwa and others are raising are critical issues. I mean, and, and I want to state it here, the accountability issues are so critical. Okay. We are so, not so are you, are you certain, all I'm saying. Are you setting at the point of your statement when you talk about the partnership? Right with the church in Ghana and in the diaspora. Right. Uh, are you setting of the state's involvement? When does it terminate? It's a, it's a national, you see, that, that, that's, that's what I wanted to start with. The national cathedral is a national monument. It's a national, it's a state monument. <laughs> Fuck. And, and I think that's, that's, that's part of, I was saying that, I think one of the things the president did, and it's not gotten credit for, is to say that, look, for a national monument, I really want us to build it in partnership with those who might have, I mean, disproportionate use of the, uh, this monument. So actually, it's, it is a state monument. And he says, look, the church has always been an active uh, participant in our transformation and development. Will the, uh, the churches who will almost <laughs> make more use of this help in developing this? I'm sorry, so, the other way around. so, so no. the, the government actors, including the president, are miscommunicating to us. They, they, they should be telling the citizens mm -hmm. that you are funding this project. It is not land and preparatory and states. It's not seed money. You see, you see, no, you see, the president says, I'm proposing a partnership for this. This is a national project. Uh, but I want uh, to do this in partnership. And so we have to sit back and say, look, uh, to, to, to really bring clarity to the partnership, you have to define the roles of the two partners. And for me, and so that, uh, that operationalization was my role. It says, look, how do we make sure that, that we clearly define the state's role in this? Mm. In the partnership to build it. Yeah? So then it becomes, look, first is the architect who had already been appointed. And that's for me, I know that it, it's, look, it's part of the, we, are, we run a Republican democracy. Uh, some of you know that. Mm -hmm. And that means practically that every four years, in our case, we almost give our power to dream to one person. I mean, that, that, that's all really the whole notion of a Republican democracy. It is not an unchecked power. Exactly. Uh, that's, why, what, what, that's why Parliament is exactly. there, and that's the concern of many. Uh, that, but what I'm saying that is when that the minister still, says, land, preparatory face, right. seed money for preparatory state, mm -hmm. and the citizens cannot know um, um, ahead of time. Right. And you, in charge of this and behind this, you put your everything into it. Right. You know, you can't even tell where that terminates. 
No, 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 we can't. I mean, what, what I'm saying is that, look, even for the Bible Museum, May 4th, just this May 4th, where we met a technical team that way, that's when they actually finished all the concepts. So now if you say, look, this is coming here, you know exactly what is coming there. And so then now you know all the costs. So, so uh, you know, people think we are literally hiding from, it's been an ongoing uh, process because we have since look, how do we ensure that a project of this nature, uh, and I'll be coming back to Bright's uh, questions mm -hmm. about whether we can attract uh, the kind of tourists we think we can attract. Uh, when, when you're doing it, you want to make sure that, look, we, we, we've included all the elements that we believe uh, would allow us to attract the kind of traffic uh, needed here. And so it's taking quite some time to arrive at those. Mm. So it's only, I'll say, May 4th, we had our last meeting, okay. that, and then they will give us their cost. Then you mm. have the full cost. Right. And I think the conversation then should be, mm. for instance, what should be uh, the state's role when it says seed money? What, how much, what is the total cost, mm. and what should be the state's contribution to that total cost? Okay. Um, I, I need to, I'm being told to take a break here, but before I do that, um, can we have an idea the contribution of the church so far? Because it's a partnership you're right. working with. Well, we, in my uh, last statement, yeah, we said that there will be a press conference on June 27th uh, where everything, but every month, by the way, every month, we send the contributions to the church leaders, all the church leaders, every month, that look, this how much is coming from the churches. And so we want this to be a more comprehensive uh, submission on June 25th, so that the, uh, the trustees themselves uh, will present it to the nation. Okay, uh, I'll take a quick break here and uh, return. This is News File, it's your most authoritative news analysis platform. We'll be right back. <laughs> Cool when hot and hot when cool. Long distances, low fuel, good looking, tough and rugged. The Cherry QQ carries load without being a load. Can be fun, can be serious, but most importantly, it's easy to drive and easy to own. Affordable, respectable, manageable, and can be yours today. Just call Rebecca on 0501-274-487 and say Fred sent you for a discount on your new QQ. Cherry QQ, distributed and serviced by Tanning Group. Close your window small. Ah, the room be too bright, oh. Why, you be vampire when you know the likes sunlight. Oh, my guy, my eyes, oh, my eyes. Behind the PC problem. Oh, in the sun problem. Come on, light bulb, sir. This no matter. Eh? I beg, go Robert and Sons. Mm. Oh, yeah. Then my chick to him, I know correct. Crap. Where Robert and Sons sort them out sharp. Now, so, so stylish frames in the wrong. <laughs> we go, go Robert and Sons, right? No, I was sitting inside proper. 
For over 25 years, Robert & Sons continues to provide specialist eye care for both adults and children. Locate us at Adabaka, Adenta, Kumasi, Usudangwa, Tema, Weja, and East Legon. Call 050-151-9111. Robert & Sons, seeing is believing. This is the Cherry QQ. Compact. Yet spacious, cool when hot, and hot when cool. Long distances, low fuel, good looking, tough, and rugged. The Cherry QQ carries load without being a load. Can be fun, can be serious, but most importantly, it's easy to drive and easy to own. Affordable, respectable, manageable, and can be yours today. Just call Rebecca on 0501-274-487 and say Fred sent you for a discount on your new QQ. Cherry QQ, distributed and serviced by Tanning Group. EMY Africa, in partnership with Prudential Life Insurance, presents the fourth annual Greatness Walk on Father's Day, Sunday, the 19th of June, 2022. Join the seven-kilometer walk and seize the rare opportunity to walk, exercise, and network with past EMY honorees, nominees, and some of your favorite celebrities by registering for free on www.prudential.com.gh. The fourth Prudential Life Greatness Walk is in partnership with the East Ligon Executive Fitness Club and Chartered Institute of Marketing Ghana with support from Lucas 8 Ghana, the National Lottery Authority, Special Ice Ghana, Fit Trip GH, Cheers Visa, Aswavo Security, and the Nyaho Medical Center. Our media partners, Joy FM and Joy Prime TV. The venue is the East Legon Executive Fitness Clubhouse near the East Legon Police Station. The walk starts at 6 a.m. prompt. Special packages are available for the first 50 people to register. Call 020-201-8870 for more inquiries. Welcome back. This is News File, it's your most authoritative news analysis platform. And here on News File, we put Ghana first. Um, I guess uh, that I've been interacting with so far on the Cathedral, Dr. Paul Opoku Mensah, Executive Director, National Cathedral Secretariat. Um, you are now within the presidency. Yeah, the secretary is within the presidency, which okay. describes the national character of the project. Right. What I mean is that you are within the presidency as a presidential staffer, so, so to yeah, okay. speak. Yes. Okay, so, yes. so um, uh, also Samuel Okudiatua Blackwa, MP North Tong and ranking member, Foreign Affairs Committee of Parliament. Uh, you heard Bright Simmons earlier. Uh, we have very limited time, unfortunately. Let me go to Professor Bokwing. Uh, Professor Bokwing. What would you have to say, having listened to uh, Dr. Paul Opoku Mensah and the rest of the uh, guests on this uh, National Cathedral, Matis? Yes, thank you very much, um, Samson. And I think um, it's unfortunate um, what we are hearing and developments after this whole uh, uh, National Cathedral. And, and I think government is to be blamed in terms of its conduct which is almost bringing into, into, into discussion again whether it was necessary at all to even start this. Because then it tells you that we have not made progress, okay? Because we are still spending a lot of time talking about whether it was necessary and all of this. And it's the things that we have gotten over that we felt that we needed to move on as a country. And we are at this point again simply because of 
government's own posture, management of information, and the whole procurement. You know, they've turned the whole thing into a procurement economy, centralized, with a certain motive that is very difficult to, 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 to associate with as an independent, as an objective person, as an ordinary Ghanaian. And I think that is not good. So if you look at this whole thing, you see that the management and the lack of disclosure and trans... Look, there were a lot of things that I had stated I was going to share this morning. But then when I read, I read a statement from the Secretariat, I, I, it moderated me a bit. And the question was, why that delay and all of that? Okay, so there are other things that perhaps on whether God will live there or we even look in that direction or <laughs> we happy or so. Have you received any testimony <laughs> from God or WhatsApp from God to, to make any pronouncement on that and all of that? But I believe that something that could have united us as a country, okay, just because of the conduct and operationalization, that tends to lean credence to a certain widespread perception about this whole government tends to create needless confusion and all of that. And so so you and so if you are doing something like this in such a polarized environment, you are looking at the management, the posture, and the, the direction that builds ownership and consensus going forward. Mm. I think that should be the drive. And so far, the the, 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 the the way government has approached this whole thing from the procurement perspective, from, from the management of the secretariat, the trustees, and all of that, really, tends to contradict whether this whole thing is, 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 is to place the churches at the center of it, or really is, is, is that, okay, let's use the churches as the front, front scene of it, and, but this is really our real intention. And all, I think all of these things, I, I don't know, it, I think that it, it's hurting. I have a soft side, I must admit, towards the National Cathedral, and I will not hide that. Okay, but the way government is going about it and all of that really is hurting me to some mm. extent. Okay. Because I believe that what is the what is the role of the churches so far? We need that clarification from, from the one as to where we are now. Because I believe that the churches, if they saw the need that this mm. would unite us and all of that, all are right. capable of funding this. Unfortun unfortunate that and, we have we have run out of time on this. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Blackwa, if you can do a minute, we have just run out yes. of time. Yes, very, very quickly. Mm. Um, I will have thought that the statement will have provided a breakdown. The 200 million Ghana cities, what has it been used for so far? Especially as you admit, you confirm, you confirm what we put out, that the, the work on the the, the project has stalled. Mm -hmm. uh, the, and I have here a copy of the letter that Ribadi sent out to its staff terminating the agreement mm -hmm. with them over 200 workers, saying that for lack of payment from the National Cathedral Secretariat. So where has the money gone to? It's not gone into the compensation of uh, the victims of demolition. We, we do a very and, uh, comprehensive... And, and so we, we, will need, we will need that breakdown. I think we and then do. design. It says design. they will do that. You do that on, on, the, on the fourth. Yeah, but even the breakdown... And then design. I see, I see some inconsistency and contradiction. In one breath, you say the office of the president has paid for all design, paragraph 9. <laughs> then when you come to paragraph 11, yeah. you say that the uh, $25 million you received, mm -hmm. portion of it was used for design design of the integration of a so Bible museum. museum. That's you a know. different thing. So, yeah, so how much are we spending on design alone? That would even go beyond 10%. And, no, no, no. And, 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 and you see, for projects of this caliber, we don't spend so much on just design. Then duration. Why are you rushing to complete this by 2024? When you know that 
all over the world. Washington National Cathedral built in 82 years. Mm -hmm. Cologne Cathedral, 74 years. Uh, Notre Dame and, Cathedral, and you 26 must, And you must emphasize, you must emphasize, you hear, in London, you hear years. even government people say Washington National Cathedral. They say it is for the states. No, it's not for the states. No, no, no. I think uh -huh. uh, 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 that's, that's the things know, I wanted to... The Milan Cathedral, uh, 579 years. Look, so look, these look. are iconic projects that... Yeah. You mm. will take time. And, we, we, and, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but we have time. run out of time. You we have run out of time. Uh, issues thank you. Thank you, Sami. What would you say finally in 30 seconds? In 30 seconds. Yes. Mm. I, mean, I think this, once again, like I started my uh, <laughs> letter with, that really this represents a unique moment for this country. Um, can we rationalize the discussion like Professor Bokpin says? This is a project that can unite this country. I mean, we live in a very, very, very polarized political environment. A denominationalized church uh, landscape. Uh, let's begin to use this national cathedral as the moment to almost elevate our national conversations and really begin to look at what this represents for us. Uh, uh, the Secretariat is beginning to uh, organize a series of consultations uh, on this issue uh, because that's what we realize that look, there's a whole misconception. Uh, that is out there about the National Cathedral and whether it's the state that owns. It's contextual. I know where the state that owns Which it. Which you agree is self-inflicted. 